On today's Locked On NBA, Pascal Siakam may be traded to the Indiana Pacers. That's why I got Tony East from Locked On Pacers to talk about that. We'll talk about who else could get involved in that trade. We'll talk about Beef Stew getting an extension. And, of course, we'll share our thoughts from here in Summer League. Let's get it all on today's Locked On NBA. Let's go. You are Locked On NBA, your daily NBA podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome. You are locked on to the NBA. My name is Nick Engstead, host of the Locked On Mavericks podcast. Thanks for being part of the show, making Locked On Mavs your first, making Locked On NBA your first listen every day. Be an everyday or subscribe and follow for free. Just search Locked On NBA wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube. Where the best way you can help us grow the show is to listen every day on any platform and comment below. Comment below who you think Pascal Siakam is going to. Which team will get Pascal Siakam? Let us know in the comment section below. And joining me from Locked On Pacers. My roommate here at Summer League. <laughs> what you got for me, Tony East? We're roommates in that we sleep in the same room. We're not roommates in that we're never there. We are always somewhere else yeah. doing something. Yeah. Uh, here at Summer League, we've been here for a little while and enjoying it, but we got a lot of stuff to get into. We'll share some of our Summer League thoughts. We've seen a ton of games, ton of basketball. We've been to both the Wembenyama games, so we'll absolutely talk about Victor Wembenyama and our thoughts. And every Uber driver has talked to us about Victor <laughs> Wembenyama. That's right. We'll also – and has said worse things than that to, to, us, to us this week. We'll also get into Isaiah Stewart of the Pistons getting an extension. A uh, little sticker shock on that one. We'll get into that. But let's start here. Pascal Siakam has been rumored to be traded for a little while, and it, we're kind of looking at the, the Raptors and saying, if Fred Van Vliet is gone, then what happens next? And it seems like the Raptors are now accepting some offers for Pascal Siakam. It seems like he's going to be traded. According to Mark Stein, the Indiana Pacers league sources say have emerged as a legitimate that's a very that's a very particular word he chose there. <laughs> Legitimate trade contender for Pascal Siakam. The Hawks, of course, have been pursuing him ever since last month's draft. He also said that there are believed to have other suitors who have or identities have yet to be confirmed. Let's just start with Pascal getting traded in the first place. Do you think this is the best move for Toronto? Yeah, I think you know there, there's going to be a lot of of internal thinking for them after losing Kawhi Leonard for nothing. And granted, that won them a championship, but you still lost him for nothing. They had to trade Kyle Lowry and assign a sign-in trade at the last second to prevent losing him for nothing. Fred Van Vliet now has walked for actually nothing, right? They've had three of their premier talents. Do I talents. know what that's like? <laughs> They've had three of their premier talents walk out for Precious Achua, basically, in the in the Lowry sign-in trade, and they won a championship, right? It's like at the end of the world, but that's not good asset management, right? You always want to be thinking ahead, trading your guys when you can, and Pascal, with one year left on his deal, same with OG Ananobi, you have to start thinking this way. It sounds like Michael Grange of Sportsnet also reported um, – Siakam could be potentially in trade talks. He included the Orlando Magic as potentially one of those third teams Ooh. to what you alluded to earlier. Um, they, you know, they, they can't have that egg on their face again. And so if Siakam wants to stay, that's great. But you know, if, they, if they get any inkling, he doesn't. Or they feel like um, they could run through Scotty Barnes and OGN and Obi, who's wanted to be a girl for a while, per some reporting. That makes a lot of sense for them, given the direction they've been headed and given their, their past with these free agents. But at the same time, Pascal Siakam is really good. He, I, he had my vote for third-team All-NBA in our lockdown awards ballot. The thing with Toronto is they tried the, all right, we're going to try two paths at once. We're going to try to walk and chew gum at the same time. We're going to try this younger core of, of players, which I guess is kind of just Scotty Barnes, and OG sort of bridges that gap. Uh, and then we have these older guys that are not even that old, and Pascal Siakam, Fred Van Vliet, and we had these guys that were part of our championship team, and we're going to try to do both things. We're going to try to develop this young player that's really, really good and could be one of the best players in his draft. And then – 
also be good right now. They tried that last year, and it just didn't work, right? So then then Fred Van Vliet leaves, and this expedites your decision to, right. all right, now we have to decide to, to trade Pascal Siakam. So I totally understand them making this choice and deciding to trade Siakam. And so now the question becomes, who do, who do they send him to, and what do they get back, and, and what does it mean for Toronto? But let's move on to the Indiana Pacers part of it because that's why we have you here. It's literally <laughs> the only reason why I brought you here. Uh, okay. For the, <laughs> I'm flattered. For, for this whole thing. <laughs> is The Pacers are now a legitimate trade contender for for Pascal Siakam. Uh, why? Why are the Pacers interested in Pascal Siakam? I know he's a great player, but at this point in the Pacers' rebuild or continue to build or they, they kind of like have stayed in, in their one spot that the Pacers always kind of stay in what do you think about the Pacers going after Siakam I think they've thought about hitting the accelerator you know this year after they only won 35 games last year but when Miles Turner and Tyrese Halberton played if you listen to Lockdown Pacers ever you've heard me cite, cite this stat when just those two guys played they were 27 and 22 right they had the winning percentage mm-hmm. of about the eighth seventh seed in the east they believe they can build off of that and be better Chad Buchanan, their general manager, talked after the NBA draft and said, yeah, they made some calls to be aggressive and get some of that premier talent. Takes two to tango. Obviously, they didn't do the deal. We would know about it by now. But searching for those trades is hard. And so, of course, it makes sense that if they want to be good, if Siakam is truly available, if they could make that deal finally after not being able to, you know, when they, when they thought about it early in the offseason, yeah, maybe they do it. And they have Halburn locked up for six years now. They've got Turner for the next two years. Right, they just drafted Jarris Walker, Benedict Matherin looks great. Like they've got the talent to be good in the future. The question, though, with Siakam for the Pacers is something we already alluded to: that expiring contract and losing him for nothing. If they wouldn't lose him for nothing or have a risk of doing so, I don't think they'd be interested because they want to extend their title window. They obviously just extended Halberton for a long time, but for the Pacers right now, they want to get better next year. And Pascal Siakam just made all uh, an All Star team. Did he? Did he make All NBA last year? I can't actually remember. I don't but. think he actually made it, but I did vote for him for our draft. <laughs> he made All Star though. The one that did not count, but he, he did got mine. Twenty nine year old All Stars who can do what he does. I mean, on both ends of the floor are are so valuable, right? And he would fit at the three or the four for the Pacers. Like, there's a lot of reasons to pursue him as any team. Same reasons the Hawks would. Same reasons yeah. the Magic would. And so, yeah, the Pacers are certainly considered more rebuilding especially than Atlanta for example but I think they do want to go for it a little bit this year I think they have those playoff expectations and if they can get a Pascal Siakam and really get there why not go for it a Siakam Miles Turner front court is just really nice to me like that that fits so well it gives you exactly what you want you have shooting in both of them you have uh, rim protection and defense in both of them like you you just have so many things you can put together and then Halliburton to, to run the whole show and then whoever else they keep, I guess, you know, if you keep Buddy Heald, keep Benedict Matherin, you have some shooting there around them. Uh, Bruce Brown won't be in this trade because he just <laughs> <Can't> cause <be. laughs> he's got signed. He literally can't be. And so he'll be part of it, which is oh, – I think he fits anywhere. fits like a glove with any uh, pair, pairing of guys. And so, yeah, they're really trying to take that next step and see – if they can, all right, let's. We got Halliburton. We've locked him up for this max deal, and now let's let's take this next move and move forward. What what would an actual trade be for Siakam? Like, what are the pieces that the the uh, the Pacers are putting together? Because when you have a guy like you mentioned, he's on an expiring deal. He's only got one year left. It drives the price down. That's yeah. why some of these teams are, are interested in guys like this. That's how the Mavericks got Kyrie Irving is because his price was driven down. Only by his expiring contract and for no other reason. Uh, that was quite the comparison, yes. Um, yeah, I think that the price is interesting because if he even says, yeah, I'll, I'll extend, because the new extension rules for the NBA mean he could get a, a max extension from any team, depending on what the salary cap is. It could yeah. be like between 190 and $200 million. 
Uh, so if he's willing to commit to that, I think any team would be happy to trade for him and then get him for that whole time. But if he's not, then the price, obviously, like you said, is confusing, and the Pacers or any team involved, I believe the Magic and Hawks are both in similar cap situations, have to at least get close to matching salary. The new rules be within $7.5 million. So $30 million has to go out from whoever it is. For the Pacers specifically, that almost guarantees one of Miles Turner, Buddy Heald is in it. Then you have to Ooh. build out the other salary some other way with like your Daniel Tices, your Jordan Juarez, Jalen I'm naming names that we don't have to get into, but it's going to be you know a, a serious player going back to Toronto and then do they want young talent like an Andrew Nemhard, like a Ben Shepard, Jairus Walker? I don't know what they would want, or do they want picks? The Pacers have a ton of extra picks going forward. There's a lot of avenues this could go. It kind of depends on what Toronto wants, but I think the price really varies based on what he's thinking because if he's not willing to sign an extension with the Pacers, they probably shouldn't be willing to give up any of their talented young players for a one-year rental of Pascal Siakam. It's not like they're going to be a title contender this year, so that would be my take on it for them, but I'm sure if they get any sort of soft commitment from him for a couple more years, they'd be willing to throw in a little bit more than that. You didn't mention Benedict Matherin. He's off. The, he, he's one of those young talent no, you no, say is just out. is just off the he's table. Out. I think Jarris Walker should probably be out too. I was just thinking of young guys on the team. But. Yeah. So th- those guys completely out. So it's just a combination of the salaries that you mentioned. They have all their first round picks, right? Yep. So they can, and an extra one. Yep. They can trade all of those and or however many it would take of those. See, Alcum so, in a vacuum is worth way like very talented young players. To be totally clear, it's just. If you have no assurance you're going to have him long-term, like, yeah. are the Pacers going to get to February and go, well, shoot, we're 500. We have to now think about trading Siakam ourselves. Like, you don't want to put yourself in that situation. Coming up, I'm going to tell you why the Pacers are part of this, and Tony's going to tell me if I'm right or wrong. <laughs> we'll talk about that next. But before we do that, let me tell you about Ibotta. We all buy things. You buy things. I buy things. Me and Tony have bought more Ubers this week than I think I've ever bought in my life. It's officially summer, and the new season means that you get new clothes, you get new stuff, you take trips, you do all kinds of things, and Ibotta gives you cash back on hundreds of grocery items from produce to personal care to pantry goods, so you can make sure that beating uh, inflation no matter what when you're purchasing. Either link your loyalty account or your receipt and go after you shop, and you can get cash back. It's just that easy. So go to Ibotta. You can earn cash back on hundreds of different stores, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. Go to uh, Ibotta, and they're offering our listeners $5 for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKED. Again, that's Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. You get it in the Google Play or App Store, and you can get it for free. And if you use that code LOCKED, you get $5 just for trying it. Again, Ibotta, I-B-O-T-T-A. Get it in the Google Play or App Store. Use the code LOCKED. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us on Lockdown NBA, being part of the show, part of the network. We will always be here, your team, every day, providing content on every single team in the NBA, the NFL, uh, MLB, NHL, tons of college. I think like 60 colleges. That's too many colleges. But we do all those colleges <laughs> five days a week. We'll be here as other organizations, as other media entities cut their sports or cut people from covering teams individually, we will still be doing that. So this is a national show, but I cover Lockdown Mavericks for five days a week on, on our show. You're covering Lockdown Pacers, Tony East, and all of us cover a team, uh, your team every day. All right, Tony, let's get back into this. The reason why the Pacers are part of this is for leverage to me. <laughs> it could be the Pacers are a legitimate trade contender, but to me – the part in this that really stands out is the part where, where Stein says, the Hawks, of course, the Hawks, comma, of course, comma, have been pursuing Siakam since last month's draft. They have had long conversations. And if you're stuck in a trade conversation with somebody else, you need someone else to be entered into the, the conversation to then raise the price of the other one. And to me, I think the Pacers are this. 
Could they end up with Siakam? Yes, I think they could. But I think they needed somebody else to come along and be like, oh, well, they, they, could, they could go get him. Like, they could go get it, it's, it's Kyrie Irving saying, you know, I might, go to, I might go to the <laughs> Lakers. I could go to the – I'm having a meeting with the Suns. It, it's for leverage to me. Could, could it be that Siakam could be traded to the Pacers? Sure. But I'm, I'm, I'm feeling a leverage play. Tell me if I'm wrong. I mean, even I heard the Atlanta stuff over a week ago. <laughs> like, I think that's been a long-reported thing, a long-known thing in the league that Atlanta's trying to get better this offseason. They extended Murray, uh, but they also have to cut costs. They also have to cut costs. That's why they traded John Collins. Get better Collins. and cut costs. Like, okay, good luck. Well, they traded John Collins for what many consider nothing, I believe. Nothing. Rudy so, <laughs> Gay. Come on, come on. They're trading Rudy Gay. He's off the team already. <laughs> yeah, but they were able to trade him. <laughs> so – you know, you, un- you understand the conflicting goals of the Hawks, but I understand them saying, hey, we've got Trey Young and DeJounte Murray. We've got to get better right now. We've got to build this team out uh, with what we have. And so I think going for Siakam, if the price is low enough, maybe that's because of the contract situation. Certainly makes a lot of sense for them. It's been long reported by a lot of plugged-in people for a long time. He's a good player, right? That's, of course, a reason to pursue someone alone if you're a Hawks team that said, yes, we've made the conference finals. We're ready to take the next step. We've got these star players. And then a terrible next two seasons. You've already fired your coach since <laughs> Damn, then. Damn, what's and, that like? <laughs> you've already fired your coach since then and, and, and changed directions. Like, they're going for it. They want to win. So going for Siaka makes a ton of sense for them. And I agree that the Raptors probably like, well, these offers are terrible. We need yeah. more in the mix for something. And I do genuinely believe the Pacers could have some interest. I think every team in the NBA should have some interest in Pacers. Yeah, right, right. He's good. But I agree with you that there's probably some element of that to this. We'll have to see, though, how this plays out because – the Raptors are a, a strange team in all these. They always are very, I can't even describe it, washy, dodgy. It never feels like they know exactly <laughs> what they want to do. So maybe this never gets they don't, sorted out. They don't know what they want to It doesn't seem like they know what they want to do or they don't project what they want to do, although we just want to do it for a really high price. <laughs> right? Like, that's right. That's what it is. All the talks that, that we've heard about OG Ananobi, the talks now about Pascal Siakam is whatever it is, we're going to drive the price up of our guys and try and make you pay more than what you're comfortable paying. And so bring in the Indiana Pacers. Uh, or maybe the Hawks are the ones for the Pacers. Like, hey, the Hawks talks are still along, and the Hawks are sitting there going, hey, I, we, we have a magic in- or like us? What? Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you also mentioned that Michael Grange talked about the, the Orlando Magic. They could be part of this. The other thing in, in Stein's report is it's believed that there are other suitors whose identities have yet to be confirmed. Who do you think those other suitors are? Oh, geez. I didn't even – I probably should have thought about that. Oh, all the teams that would be interested in your James Harden, Damian Lillard, right? Could the Clippers get him? I don't know how great he would fit oh, with what they have, but they're certainly star hunting, it sounds like. Could the Heat get him? If the Heat get him, I'll do the same thing I always do. Every time the Heat get a new player, I'm like, oh, it's a perfect fit. He's going to be so good in Miami. Dude, Pascal Siakam, Heat culture, dude. Like, <laughs> so Heat culture. But Miami, they are, they are star hunting, and if he's cheaper because of his contract, sure, go get him. Like, there's a lot of teams like that, or any really any team trying to take that next step. Brooklyn kind of makes a little bit of sense to me, um, just thinking about their team right now as I'm talking, because I was unprepared for this very standard question. Um, <laughs> so that one makes a little bit of sense to me. Um, honestly, again, he made an all-star team last year. He's only 29, averaged 24 points a game. I think a lot of teams should be interested. Yeah, they should be. The, the magic part of this is interesting to me because that's, that's a young team where last offseason a lot of people said, well, they should be going after Donovan Mitchell. They should be the team that, that make the move now. Make your win now move now. You have all these pieces. You have you know, first-round picks. You have young talent that you need to move because there, there's a, a bunch of stuff that they're you know, dealing with. But uh, then why, why would, the, would the Magic decide to do that now? And is Pascal Siakam doing that now? I think that that's something that 
they should really look into. And I'm curious if the Magic are, are real in this. And what would that look like with, with Paolo and Siakam and Franz and, and Isaac? They have forwards galore. Well, Isaac I don't even consider on the team anymore. Like, he's got to <laughs> prove to me that the guy can stay healthy. Anthony first, Black, they just drafted. He's and six, Anthony Black. Okay, you could start Anthony. Guard, you could start, but. but you could start Anthony Black, Franz, Paolo, and Siakam, and Wendell <laughs> Carter. And that's a real that. Ugh, it's like the Bucks when they're trying to be the old Jason Kidd Bucks. They're just like we're gonna have arms everywhere. That well, but it's magic. it's also the Raptors. What the Raptors have tried that's to right. do before they Project got Jakob Pertl. That's right. Yeah, so they they got all those people. So all right, the, that's the that's the Pascal Siakam stuff. The rumors will continue on and all that. But check out Locked On Pacers for more. <laughs> yeah, check out Locked On Pacers. Listen to Sean Woodley on Locked On Raptors. Again, your team every day. Let's talk about the Detroit Pistons. Isaiah Stewart gets an extension. He's agreed to a four-year, $64 million contract extension, according to Adrian Wojnarowski. Now, the cap is going up every year, right? There's going to be cap smoothing with the new CBA. We know the cap is going up. It's $136 million. That's a ton. It used to be... Not even seven years ago, like $60 million for the entire cap. I mean, we doubled the cap in less than a decade. However, <laughs> there's still some sticker shock on some of these, and this is one of them for me. Four years, 64, that's like an average of $16 million a year. Why should Isaiah Stewart get more than Nas Reed? Nas Reed got a three-year, $42 million deal. That's like $14 million a year. What are your thoughts on the Isaiah Stewart extension? Yeah, we'll see if it's more than Nas Reed. Thankfully, I, I can't. Mike Curtis, uh, Detroit Free Press reported, fourth year is a team option, so maybe it's structured in some way that it's ex- about exactly as much as Nas Reed. Your point still stands, but Nas Reed's better. <laughs> Nas Reed's yeah. just better right this second. So I think if you're the Pistons, you're betting that He's going to get a lot better. He's only 22. That's the point of most rookie extensions. You're paying for the player you will have, not the one you currently have. Because remember, this doesn't kick in this coming season. It's the one after that. But, yeah, this one felt a little high to me because the way the NBA is kind of trending in my head, if if you're a starter-level player at any position at worst, that's over $20 million. He's approaching that. I don't view him as that right now, especially on a Detroit team that has Jalen Duran, that has Marvin Bagley, that just traded for James Wiseman. They've got a lot of dudes on their team. It's it's going to be tough to <laughs> – Summer League standout, James Wiseman. <laughs> That's right. So may, maybe – and I think that this is a little bit true in Detroit based on Kuka Hill of Locked On Pistons and watching the Pistons that they think a little bit that Stu can play the four and maybe he can shoot it a little bit. And if that's the case, he would be very helpful for them. He is If you're a 22-year-old stretch big who can bully ball like he does in the post sometimes, that's a valuable player. I certainly get why they would want to keep him. But I was a little surprised by the price. I think you pay for the team option. That flexibility is hard to get yeah. to an extent. But, I mean, Nas Reed is better and is also young. So I think that backup center price, if you're really good and really young, is probably closer to $10 million. So I just think the Pistons really believe in his future. Yeah, I just look at that Nas Reed number. And say, how, how should Isaiah Stewart be making right. more than Nas Reed? And so maybe, like you said, they're paying for that team option. But even so, he would be getting paid more than Nas Reed in a three-year <laughs> right. deal than Nas Reed in a three-year deal. So that that stood out to me. But like you said, they're betting on him getting better. He's 22 years old. He can get better. And they're betting on the three-point shot. That's really just the big thing for him. I think he shot, what, like 31% last year from three. Well, he's taking them, right? They can, you can tell they're trying to work that into his game, even though it's not there yet. He's, he's, he's trying. Yeah. And he's getting, if, he, if he does get there, it could be a really good deal. I'll, he, I'll take threes for $16 million a year. I will try. Yeah, I, I will try too. Heat culture, baby. <laughs> uh, I, will, I will try. Uh, I, yeah. The, the, thing, the other thing that stands out to me is uh, it was reported that this is the first rookie extension under Tom Gores for the Pistons. They have not ever? They have, since, he, since he took over in 2011. Oh, my gosh. That is wild. <laughs> they have not drafted well. The last true. time they did. When did they have Drummond? The last time they did a rookie extension. 
was was Jason Maxiel. <laughs> this is a painful exercise to me. So Drummond <laughs> is older than I thought. Um, wow, that is that is shocking in, information. Uh, z- tell me if I'm wrong in the comment section, but I saw that report. I believe that. And wow. Yeah. First of all, if, it, if Jason Maxiel was the last one they did a rookie extension for, they have a type. <laughs> yes, they do. So. Because <laughs> Isaiah Stewart, they've got a lot Isaiah of guys Stewart on their team right now who very could similar. get rookie extensions. Go listen to Lockdown Pistons if you're interested more in this. I'm sure Koo will have many thoughts on Beef Stew and his extension. So go listen to that. But coming up, let's get into our summer league thoughts. Who is standing? Who is a standout? What do we think about Wembenyama, Scoot Henderson, Amen Thompson, Asar? We watched them all. Let's talk about that. Coming up. All right, Tony. Let's give our thoughts on summer league. We've been here for now like four days. We've watched a bunch of games. We've seen a lot of players. Let's start with Victor Wembanyama. Who? We saw we saw this this building that we're in right now that we're in the Thomas and Mac Arena. We saw it fill up to the brim, to where there was barely a seat open. There's definitely not a media seat open because there's so many people here to watch him. Now, first game he really struggled. Second game he came out and looked a lot Amazing. better. Amazing. Although the Spurs still struggled to score at at all. That's can, can they pass him the ball, please? <laughs> I mean. It doesn't seem like it. What are your thoughts on, on seeing Victor Wembanyama in person now at Summer League? I, I think you buried the fun lead to me. It's for our media seating. We have to get here in the second quarter of the game before. Yeah, we did. To even have a chance <laughs> at getting a seat. And we could have just sat in the crowd. But it, it's it's crazy how much hype there is for him. And, yeah, the first game that actually stood out to me a little bit is, like, I think they were trying to figure out what he could do off the ball. Like, set some screens and such. He didn't touch it that much. When he was in the game, he didn't even play that much. And then the second game, they were like, okay, let's just give this kid the ball, let him dribble and shoot some threes. Yeah. and. He was showing that, you know, if you've seen any highlight of him in with Mets 92, he does the between-the-leg dribble before a lot of his threes, and he, he shoots it from 10 feet away, and all of a sudden he's on the other side of the rim getting a rebound. On the, it, it's, it's ridiculous how his wingspan lets him play. And in the first game, I think he was kind of feeling it out, which is a lazy way of talking about it. Like, he wasn't very good. I don't I don't want to say that he, you know, was, I don't want to excuse that. He was that. feeling it out and falling down. That's, yes, he was. <laughs> he, was he, but fell, in the, he fell down a lot, but, he yeah, there was a lot of just – he had the ball, and he kind of – not – I don't even want to say panic, but just, like, made a move that he wasn't ready for and either fell down or did something – did something. It almost he felt like he was so to. focused on the team play part of it, like – Correct. Swing yeah. to my teammate, you know, look under the rim. And that's all it's fine. not about me, guys. Yeah, in the second game it was. <laughs> there <laughs> and, is a me in and team. And look, they – in the first game they got smoked. In the second game they almost won, I think. Yeah. And he's done playing now, which is a bummer. Um, but you could see him figuring out how to, how to force his spots and make his moves and – you know, the thing that stood out to me, I think, the most was some offensive rebounds. Like, when he misses around the rim, he's just so tall. He's already there. He's already, yeah, he's already there. And, and so, you could, you, we always talk about players with second jump. He doesn't need a second jump. He just sticks his arm up. And he's got a good chance at it. So, him getting the ball around the rim is going to be fascinating at the NBA level. Like, you've got to prevent him from getting it around there. And it doesn't help that he can take one-legged threes and between the legs <laughs> dribbles. So. He did take a one-legged three he where he, he jumps off of one foot. And th- there's no way to even contest that. Yeah. I mean, who who in the NBA can contest that shot? Anthony Davis. <laughs> uh, that might be the whole list. I mean, Giannis. Because a lot of the guys who are big and athletic aren't are Derek Lively, very <laughs> groundbound kind of players. Yeah, Giannis and AD are probably the yeah. two that you would you would think of. And he did that. You know, I don't want to call it a gimmicky shot because he can make it. But he did it a lot to draw fouls. You know, with in, right. the, in the French league, and they were down four when he took it. So I think he was trying to do the four point play, and it's like. Man, he's really exploring that game. What do you have, twenty-seven and eleven in that second game? Like you, you can just tell how scared guys are being around him because of his size. So, yeah, obviously, I, I don't think I don't think he blew away expectations. In fact, I probably no. would say over two games he was slightly below expectation. But 
You can tell what the hype is. Like, it is crazy in these games. It's dead silent when he's out of the game. Dead silent <laughs> in the arena. Even when he doesn't Like have it is right now. Team. Like, listen to it right now. <laughs> that's what it sounds. There's no people in here, but that's what it sounds but like. But then when he would catch it, you could, you know, the, the ooh, ooh. You know, everybody, everybody's yeah, like, what's he going to do? Raises, and then it, it was, it was Jackson Gatlin of Lockdown Rockets, and I talked about this a lot. It was almost as if it was Boban. You know how Boban comes into a game, and when he gets the ball, everybody cheers, and when he doesn't, everyone, you know, it all falls. Like it really did feel like that with, with, with Victor Wembanyama. But he's obviously a, I likened a lot it, better player. I likened it to the opposite of NFL games, where when the home team has the ball, their crowd silence, so their quarterback can hear, <laughs> yeah. and then on defense they get really loud. It was like the opposite throws, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's free throws. The, one thing that stood out with Wembanyama to me was. Everyone's saying, "Well, get him the ball. Get him. Can he just? Can the guards just that, get him the ball?" That was me. You just pointed that out <laughs> <Yeah>. just now. <laughs> when he was in warmups, everybody's on the court. There's a million players on the court. There's a bunch of people, you know, rebounding balls and things like that. And he's standing over trying to take some jumpers, and he just kind of has his hand up, not even above his head, just like a little hand, just trying to wave at somebody. And I'm not trying to make a big scene. I'm not trying to be, you know, the. And he's just kind of waving his hand to try and get a ball. And it took him a while. to Every time he shot, it took him a while to get the ball back. And there just wasn't this commanding presence of, hey, get me, this, get me the ball back, and I'm going to keep shooting because I'm, I'm here to do what I'm here to do. And it's just something as a rookie you're going to have to deal with. And he's just such a, like a, a mature, gracious person that you've heard, you've heard him on the, the J.J. Reddick podcast. You just hear how thoughtful he is. And Even in like media that. here. Yeah. And someone, like, you know, someone like, like me or you that are very thoughtful people <laughs> – I love being and, compared to Wembenyama. And completely very humble, you know. <laughs> uh, but, you know, a, a very thoughtful person will, well, I don't want to make a big scene. I don't want to make it all about me. You know, he had the whole thing with Britney, with Britney Spears. It was probably very embarrassing for him. There, I mean, there's just so many things going on and so much media. He, I think he even mentioned today, I'm about to take a month off from, <laughs> from media after, after Summer League. And he's just got to insert himself, like assert himself. And that's just something that he's going to have to grow into as a star yeah. player in this league. And it's it's understandable that he hadn't, hasn't done that at this point, but he has to assert his dominance. Whereas some, some players come into summer league and like, all right, I'm the guy, I'm, I'm, I'm in here, like this, this is mine. You start to see Jabari Smith do that in his second year. You start to oh, see Jaden Hardy do it in his second year. You start to see guys really take Benedict over. Benedict Matherin just now. Yeah. Benedict Matherin is, yeah. it was one of those. And it's, and Scoot, but the difference between Wembenyama and Scoot Henderson. Now Scoot Henderson's a point guard. He's going to have the ball all the time. But he asserted himself. He was all right. This is my team. I don't care if Shaden Sharp's oh on this gosh. team or anybody else. I'm just going at it. And so that's one thing from Wembenyama that I want to see going forward. But let's talk well, about let's talk about well, some other. I would say too that. Sometimes these defensive prospects like aren't that awesome scoring. It's yeah, like, it's fair. Like I was or I, bigs even. You know, I'm here. Yeah, right. And I'm I'm here for Pacers. Obviously, like I didn't think Jarris Walker would score ten points in a game out here, and he just <laughs> did. But he scored eight in the first game, right? Like he's a defensive prospect. He did all these other things, but those aren't the guys who typically have what we're about to talk about. These Scoot Henderson like holy smokes yeah. like moments, even if they are really good. Uh, but we should talk about the Holy Smokes moments from Scoot Henderson. <laughs> Speaking of Holy Smokes, Scoot Henderson, first game. We, we didn't see very much of him. He had the injury. He's out now. Uh, but just seeing him, he just pops off immediately. Yeah. I mean, everything that all the scouts, that Raphael, that Richard Stamen, that uh, Leaf Tulane, like all of them said about him is true <laughs> and proved to be true. I mean, he's, he's all of that. He can get to the rim at will. He's, he just looks more like an athlete than anyone else on the court when he's out there. I mean, you, you can just see – his arms and the way that he's like he's just built out there different than everybody else i mean that that year at uh that year between high school and, and the nba really helped him i, I think to, to get ready and to be uh have an nba ready body already and so to me he he stood out a lot just the quickness the getting to the rim the way that he asserted himself scoot henderson's gonna be really really good 
He looked unguardable. Like, and yeah, especially he did. the yeah. very first quarter they played. But he was. This is before he got hurt. I think I heard in the third quarter. I mean, that's all anybody was talking about. Is just like, holy crap, this guy's amazing. I wasn't even in the arena yet, but I was watching it in the hotel before my Uber came to get me, and he scored the first three possessions. I, like that, I looked at the game. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh, this kid's just ridiculous. So yeah, I mean, and and you know, we'll maybe get to Brandon Miller. I don't even know if he. Merits a ton of discussion, but the, you know the the early returns of the second pick versus third pick. Uh, Scoot's looking very good. He I watched both awesome. games here that Brandon Miller's played. I can't remember one single thing about what Brandon Miller did. He, no, like, he hit the three in the first possession in the Spurs game. Like I know he's done some good stuff shooting, but yeah, like the standout guys have not been Brandon Miller. That's for sure. <laughs> Anybody else stand out to you? Let's just go. Let's just go around and see if it could be a pacer. It could be somebody else. I think Shaden Sharp looked pretty good. Yeah, uh, in the game that. Uh, Scoot did not play earlier today for the Blazers, and that's significant for the Blazers because might be their best player this coming season <laughs> uh, intentionally, which is Anthony which is fine. Simons. I think takes oh, a, yeah. takes offense to that. I apologize. I did forget about Anthony Simons for a second. He is Jade Sharp could be though. I mean, he could take a leap. Yeah. Um, Jabari Smith, uh, listen to Lockdown Rockets, fantastic. He's I mean, been amazing. At first, he looked actually really rough, like in the first half of the first game, and then the second half of that first game was amazing. Hit the buzzer beater, obviously, and then their second game, it was like. Why is this dude playing summer league? Like he's got to be done. He's not now. Um, yeah, he's got to be done. He was he was really good. Uh, I had somebody's name in my. Uh, oh, Keontae George looked really yes, good for the Utah so Jazz. I, that one really surprised Did, me. We also learned about Keontae George of the Jazz that he has on his lock screen of his phone. He has his uh, dr- his draft weaknesses from somebody's graphic that they made for like a draft show, and it shows his weaknesses. And he all those weaknesses were actually on display in this game. It was like shot selection, athleticism, three point consistency. I can't remember what the fourth one I was. Saw, I saw. I saw. Literally, all those were on display. He caught a lob for an alley oop. He hit a bunch of threes. Like he had really good shots. I saw a tweet that he had the same number of dunks in that game that he did the whole season at Baylor. <laughs> <laughs> so the athleticism certainly popped. He was a standout one for me. Uh, the Thompson twins have looked good when they've had the ball. Amen. Yeah. Amen got hurt, and Asar. It feels like the Pistons are like out to get him. He's like never touching it. But they have Jaden Ivey. I get it. <laughs> Um, so those all the honestly a lot of the top picks have looked pretty good out here. Jarris Walker looked really good. Obviously, I'm a little biased there because I'm zoned in on the Pacers games. But yeah, um, yeah I think there's a lot of top guys. Jaden Hardy, J- Jaden Hardy, yeah, yeah Jaden Hardy had a had a good first game, yeah. 24 points, and then the second game, much like Jabari Smith, but in a weird way, he was awful in the first half. I mean, went zero for six in the first half, and then finished the game with 24 points and just had a really really good second half. He really stepped up. Jared Dudley in the middle, of, you know, after the game said, you know. Jaden Hardy was in his feelings, and he was down on himself. And then he went into the went into the half. Assistant coaches gave him a pep talk, and he really figured out, hey, I've got to really step up here if we're going to win. And he said his one goal was to win because the Mavericks won zero summer league games last year when Jaden Hardy <laughs> played, and now they've won one game. They beat the Sixers after Jaden Hardy went off in the second half. So he's really stood out. Not sure how much longer he'll play in summer league. But, yeah, there's been a lot of players that have stood out. The, the one random one, though, is uh, – Castleton on the Lakers looks really good. He's really stood out, and I think he may be the next same thing. agent as uh, as Austin Reeves. So maybe yeah. this pipeline's a thing. He's the next Austin Reeves. He's the next <laughs> Alex Caruso. He He's the next uh, who's the other one? Josh Majette. They had as like a <laughs> young Michael Devoe looked very good uh, for the Blazers against Wembenyama. I had to get his name in here. Andrew Nemhart looked really good <laughs> twice. Have to get his name. Andrew Nemhart looked really good twice. I gotta talk about a Pacers player if I can. Um, I'm trying to think if anybody else has really, really stood out to me. Oh, Max Christie's looked pretty good mm. for the Lakers. Um, I'm looking at the logos now across the stadium from us, so it looks like I'm staring at A lot, a lot of players have stood a out. A lot of guys have league, looked pretty good. Those yeah. are the main ones. That's what we got to. Uh, tomorrow, you'll listen to Matt. You'll listen to uh, John Corrales and Jake Madison talk all about the NBA, and I'm sure more things will happen as 
Uh, Joe Cronin. We didn't even talk about Joe Cronin's press conference today with Damian Lillard and how it could take months for the Damian Lillard trade. That's why we didn't talk about it because it could take months for it. And there's really just no update. He was like, hey, no update. Right. Could take months for this to happen. So they may talk about that tomorrow on Locked on NBA. Guys, thanks so much for listening to Locked on NBA. Boom.